You're listening to The Blizzard of Osborne by Michael Sheen Cuddy. Chapter 25, His Very Nature. So many in Aspire were so afraid of Sly, they built a special cage to hold him, a cage he could never possibly escape. It was ten feet high, eight feet long, three feet wide, and made of four-inch thick glass. It looked like a giant terrarium covered by a heavy steel mesh plate to prevent him from crawling out. Two men approached the cage. One was a guard holding a machine gun. The other was a herpetologist, or snake handler, who carried a ten-foot pole with a loop on the end. The herpetologist struck the pole against the glass wall of the cage, disturbing Sly. In all my time here, I have never taken deposition statement from Snake. Since there is no precedent for this, I do not have to follow protocol. After all, many of us believe Talking Snake is, by definition, monster. Therefore, not only undeserving of legal process, but should, in fact, be destroyed. I trust you grasp gravity of situation. I know a threat when I hear one. You do not know half of it. Of course, you have no reason to trust me. But what you do not realize is you cannot trust so-called friends, either. Hmm? Sly tried to keep his eye on the herpetologist who paced around the cage as he spoke. Our objective is to determine which one of you offers most value. If you offer no value, you will be terminated. And just so you know, our investigation leads us to believe that you... Snake, a highly expendable. The herpetologist pressed his face against the glass wall of the cage. Sly struck at him, but hit the wall. <laughs> See that monitor on wall? Consider the evidence we have against you. A videotape made by your fellow traveler, me, myself, and I. The herpetologist picked up a remote-controlled device aimed it at the monitor, and clicked. The monitor lit up, showing me, myself, and I speaking to an interviewer. Sly grew restless in his cage, bristling every time me, myself, and I spoke. Personally, I abhor snakes. Have you ever seen one slither through the grass, pounce on a mouse, and devour it whole? It's absolutely ghastly. It wasn't only what me, myself, and I said that got to Sly, but how he said it. Leaning back in his chair, fat fingers laced over his fat belly, pontificating like a smug Oxford don. They're all grotesque, if you ask me. Even the so-called harmless ones. And don't get me started on the creepy ones. Big fat pythons that swallow pigs and children whole? Ah, come off it. Where does he get his information? The tabloids? Boa constrictors squeezing the life out of innocent little fawns. Enough. And the venomous ones? Vipers, rattlesnakes, copperheads, water moccasins, the whole lot of them, toxic by nature. 
I ask you, what kind of devilish beast poisons its prey? Listen to that egghead fool. You know, many religions depict the serpent as the devil's creature. The serpent tempting Liana in paradise. Have you ever wondered why it wasn't a puppy tempting Liana? Well, because we wouldn't believe it. But a snake? Yes, a snake probably would do that. Destroy peace and harmony, ruin the lives of countless generations just for the hell of it. Well, I can certainly see that. Have you ever seen a cobra stand up to its full height? The way it fixates on its victim, stares right into its eyes and just floats back and forth, hypnotizing the poor thing. Bad enough, it has to strike its victim with messless speed, injecting its fangs in the poor sod's face, pumping toxic venom into the hapless soul's bloodstream. On top of all that, it just floats there, hovering, terrorizing its victim. The victim knows it's doomed, but the perverse cobra heartlessly draws out the torture, prolonging the terror until many of its victims drop dead from sheer heart attacks. That's no creature of the Lord, I assure you. Those damn snakes come straight from hell, and as far as I'm concerned, they can go straight back there. All right, all right, enough already. You've made your point. But so what? Me, myself, and I is totally unreliable. Consider the source. Did you know that me, myself, and I is a traitor? A weakling? A conniving scoundrel that would sell his family if he thought he might gain by it? That is serious allegation. But uh, can you prove this? Hmm? Hey, look, I trust my instincts. And I had a bad feeling about that Eggman the second I met him. Instincts are inadmissible. We need evidence. Evidence? <laughs> Listen, he admitted to being stuck up on that damn wall for years. What kind of person gives up so easily? I mean, he didn't even try to get down. Instead, he turns to that damn swiper of his and spends countless hours, years, staring at that blasted screen as if it's real. Using swiper hardly makes one traitor. Hmm? He's a traitor because he stole a skirling megadinka and took off in it alone. He testified he was on his way to rescue you and your friends. Yeah, of course he did. But we all saw him flying away by himself. The only reason he stopped for us is because we saw him, and then he had to stop or risk our vengeance if we ever caught up with him. Your word against his. Why should we believe you? Because me, myself, and I can't be trusted. When the Narsi guards brought us to the Count, me, myself, and I got all cozy with him, boasting that he was the only one who spoke Narsi. But if you do not understand Narsi, how can you claim me, myself, and I cozied up, as you say, to the Count? Hmm? Come on, it was obvious. The Count treated Cassie like she was a slave and me like vermin. But he was all chummy with me, myself, and I. Laughing at his jokes, trading stories, putting his arm around him like they were long-lost friends. Sickening, if you ask me. Idle speculation and how you say sour grapes. This is legal proceeding. Your personal grudges have no place in formal court of law. Hmm. And he's a shirker, too. 
Anytime we had to do anything difficult or dangerous, me, myself, and I was full of excuses. Oh, I can't swim because I might drown. I can't climb off the train for fear of breaking my precious shell. I can't build a campfire because I might scramble my yoke. He's useless, a freeloader, a cowardly, weak, overindulged egghead. Mare opinions. We need facts. Who was behind murder of Crow's brother? Huh? I have no idea what you're talking about. Bear. Spare us innocent act. It is hard enough to take talking snake. Lying snake will not be tolerated. Hey, you've already judged me guilty. This is a kangaroo court. Judge, jury, and executioner all in one. Why should I even... Shut your lying mouth. I was warned of your impertinence. If you value your life and that of your pathetic fellows, you will keep your tongue in mouth. You will answer my questions only in clear and direct replies, and you will address every one of us with utmost deference and respect. Is that understood? Now, once again, tell us exactly what happened when your friend, the dark girl, appeared in her massive yellow lorry and destroyed Crow's brother. Sly could see how this would go. No matter what he said or how many times he repeated it, they would never accept anything unless he betrayed Cassie or confessed his own guilt. But he refused. Instead, he repeated slowly and clearly the truth as he understood it. As I said, I did not meet Cassie until she came to the River Orange. She never mentioned killing anyone, and I don't believe she ever did, or frankly ever could if it came down to it. The herpetologist looked at the armed guard and shook his head. This is pointless. Unless we enhance the interrogation techniques, this snake will always lie. Lying is the essence of its very nature. Hmm. Take him away. Next, a psalm is brought before the tribunal. And while testifying, one of his statements unintentionally changes everything. 